Um, I know y'all see the cameras in different spots. It's a little bit more instant for me. And I'm normally not one to try to hog the spotlight. But, uh, sauce, your boy Sauce, Sauce Collector, and uh, Genway TV are kind of going through some things right now. So y'all, let them know that I love them. And they are take all the time they need for whatever they're going through. Um, it's not my business to tell y'all. But, uh, so, for now, this is the format moving forward. See some weird changes or whatever, and, you know, they're with us. Because until they come back, this is what it is. Like I said, I'm a firm believer that life comes first. This is just social media, so they can take all the time they need. So, moving forward. It'll be your boy Zayn Mind TV. Taking things, like letting the show go on. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit nervous because I'm used to bouncing off people. So, there's a lot of short episodes. That's why um, I have life as well. We just got some things going on, but I promise y'all, weekly content. That's what we're doing. So, welcome to the After Party Podcast. So it was good. Um, it's been crazy, crazy, crazy busy, but I got what can. Um, most, of, the most important things. I know everybody's fully aware of what happened at Clash of the Castle. Fully aware of what happened at Worlds Collide. So we're gonna, I'm gonna touch on that. But I kind of feel like when it comes to pay per views, if you don't get them out the week of, it's pretty much old news. Um, so we're gonna we're probably gonna scratch that. Outside of you know your boy Solo Sokoa. Coming out, joining the bloodline. Kind of a disappointment to me. I kind of want him to be his own thing. Maybe even go against Roman because I feel like he has potential to. But, I mean, it just makes sense in the grand scheme of things. And, um, you know, Drew McIntyre coming up short, the bloodline made strong. World Collide was a huge success. A huge success as far as I know. Uh, no match disappointed. Um, pretty deadly. Kemp turning on the diamond line, nobody saw coming. Um, pretty deadly unifying the tag team championships. Eh, would have been my pick, but I guess. Um, you had Mandy Rose unifying the women's championships, which kind of feel like Toxic Attraction being on the main roster without her is a disappointment. But we'll see what happens with that. You never know. She might come up later. Imperium being back together. Kudos. Kudos. I, I've, I've clamored for it. I know everybody else has clamored for it. They should have never took Imperium. They should have never left Da Vinci behind. Like, Imperium being back together is a huge plus. Um, as you can see on SmackDown, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So we can't wait to see what happens. Uh, what else am I missing? The uh, Ron Breaker going over Tyler Bate. I was kind of scared that Tyler Bate was going to get over or was going to expose Bron a little bit, but Bron was able to keep up with Tyler. And which goes to show that he he has some growth, he has some potential, and moving forward. 
with NXT Europe. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Um, you had Roxy on Tuesday go up against the legends. Thank you, Sadamora. Final boss. That tore the house down um, as far as Roxy getting that experience because Roxanne Perez, I'm sorry. All of the prodigy. Roxanne Perez. But uh, that that was a huge hit. So I think NXT moving forward uh, has a lot of potential. The highlight for me at Worlds Collide was the match that started it all. Ricochet versus Carmelo Hayes, a champion. And I was kind of, I looked at it as a test for Carmelo. Because you all know Melo don't miss. He's put on some great matches on NXT 2.0. There's been a year of NXT 2.0 already, which is wild. But um, kind of feel like this was a test for Carmelo Hayes. He has it all. He's good on the mic. Pimitrick Williams is money. He knows how to be that cocky heel that's missing from the WWE right now. Like, you know, you got your heels. You're clear. Full blade heels. You got a cocky heel on Raw. But SmackDown needs that, like, cocky, shit-talking, just, I'm the best, ain't nobody better. Heel, that just thinks he's the greatest thing in the world. You kind of need that on SmackDown for the mid-card. I feel like Carmelo Hayes is ready. I feel like the match with him and Ricochet proved that. So I, I can see Carmelo Hayes being called up to the main roster sooner rather than later. Sooner rather than later. Um, other than that, I feel like the WWE won the weekend. I'm starting off with wrestling news because that's what we're seeing the ramble a little bit. Cause I got some things I want to discuss with y'all. Y'all can leave y'all comments. Y'all can, y'all can respond to these down in the comment section. I just have nobody to bounce off of right now. You know, life happens. So, if you want to participate in the conversation, just see your thoughts down in the comment section. I will respond. Trust me. I get some downtime at work. Even though, even though I'm busy during the day, I do get some downtime at work. So, you will get a break. Let me a comment down in the comment section. I keep up. Um, speaking of that weekend, I know everybody's talking about it. Everybody's heard about it. Everybody is overshadowed the entire pay-per-view, which is a shame. We're talking about CM Punk versus the AEW locker room. We did a video, we did a podcast on the to the network before we merged in the game. And we called it the CM Punk effect. Before I get started with this, yes, I am a CM Punk fan. Okay, but I'm realistic to the fact that, you know, the guy's not perfect. The guy's not perfect. Um, We did a video called the CM Punk effect where how him leaving affected the WWE in such a way that this man was kind of, if anybody got too popular, they were moved out of the picture or they were knocked down the page. This was back when he was releasing talent. We later found out why he was releasing talent on the bigger scheme of things, but this is why he was releasing talent. While he was releasing talent, rather. We were talking about how CM Punk left such a bad mark on the, on the, on the WWE, um, as a whole, creatively and everything else that if you got too popular, you were pretty much canned. You were pretty much brought down a peg. You were pretty much like moved out of the way because they were scared of anybody getting bigger than the grand scheme of Fast forward to AEW, CM Punk makes his return after seven years. And from what 
I've heard through the many media outlets that I'm pretty sure some of you guys listen to, the locker room was never really happy to have Punk there. And Tony Khan was high on Punk because, again, Tony Khan, Tony Khan is a wrestler fan first. And he was kind of high on the fact of having Punk there and the WWE didn't have him and he knew and it worked, he got more eyes on the product. CM Punk, well, without injury, because injury has kind of stopped his momentum a little bit. You know, like he pretty much brought my eyes on the product. The locker room wasn't happy. A lot of guys felt like they lost their spot. Because, I, like I said, this is common knowledge. I'm not saying I know these people. This is common knowledge across the board based on media outlets. We're fans. These are real fans, real opinions. But I kind of feel like, from what I've been reading or what I've been hearing, the locker room was never happy that he was there. A lot of people feel like they lost their spots. Um, Rumors ensued, they got leaked to the media. And I kind of feel like all of that accumulated to the hangman out of paid situation and the situation we have now where we had this bomb pay-per-view because the pay-per-view was great. Everything with the pay-per-view was great. So now it's overshadowed by some locker room bullshit. Let's just call it what it is. To the point where we have this big brawl backstage and it overshadows all the hard work that everybody's done leading up to All Out and on the show itself. And it's a shame. I kind of feel like Tony Khan needs to quit letting everyone be his friend and actually be the boss. I mean, granted, he took the step forward and he suspended everybody as well. But I kind of feel like if you look at the towards the end of the Attitude Era and the beginning of the Ruthless Aggression Era and the whole invasion angle, I kind of feel like AEW, unless Tony Khan does something drastic to move moving forward, I kind of feel like he's setting himself up to be the next WCW. And what I mean by that, I kind of feel like he's setting himself up by continuing to let the inmates run the asylum. Uh, I'm not sure if a lot of you watched wrestling back then. I'm um, 33. So, kind of, uh, I'm, I'm considered old at this point. But, <laughs> I'm considered old, not old. Um, back during the Monday Night Wars, you can watch it on Peacock, and have the entire series. There's a point in time where WCW was hiring all of these guys that used to be WWE guys, and yeah, it worked for a while getting eyes on a product. But it ultimately became their demise because you had a lot of the top guys who had creative control over the characters and the inmates were running the asylum. The the wrestlers were allowed inside where their characters were going. Not all of them. Just the NWO guys. Guys like Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, RMP. Great guys, but they were given a limit of creative control over the direction of the character and it was they were so tied into the money aspect that they guys were literally getting buried on that on live TV. Even if you were a cruiserweight, if you were in the division and it was an NWL guy in that division, pretty much you were getting squashed that night. Because of creative control, because you know that the old sentiment that this works for me, brother, you know, like they they were just not doing business for the betterment of the company, they were doing business for the betterment of themselves. And I felt like the AEW locker room is pretty much in that regard. Hold on, this is my call. 
are pretty much in that regard to um, that they're letting a lot of the wrestlers, like, you know, you have the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega who are executive vice presidents, that's what's in the focus on EVPs. And that pretty much is opening up for the inmates to run the asylum. Granted, this entire time, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega have been humble and they have been putting guys over for the betterment of the company. But at the same time, when you got guys that are coming in like CM Punk who are beneficial to the company, and the whole locker room's against them, and you feel like your friends are losing their spot, and you're sticking up for your friends, as opposed to sticking up for the betterment of the company, that's when you get instances like this, when you have an entire brawl backstage with Superstar and your executive vice presidents because they don't like what came out of his mouth, which was the truth. Let's call it what it is. It was the truth. They didn't like it because they want him out, and they were using their powers to kind of push him out the door. And it just looks bad. And then you got Tony Khan sitting there who's like looking clueless during this whole media scrub. And then instead of apologizing for the actions of his superstar, he goes into a rant of, well, WWE, we were the third wrestling show this weekend and I have money and if we're going to go to war, I'm fucking up, dude. <laughs> First of all, you're taking on the Walt Disney of wrestling. I'm just being honest. Second of all, your show looks like that entire pay-per-view is overshadowed by the clusterfuck that was the media scrub. And you gotta do something. Like, yeah, you suspended everybody. Yeah, some titles changed hands. Moxley's good for TV. But I feel like unless he does something to prevent something like this in the future, as opposed to, you know, letting them know, like, yo, you gotta be, you gotta set some things in place where Nobody's feeling left out. Where the, the the your vice presidents know exactly what their role is, or just get some new vice presidents. Because you know, as it came out, a lot of the friends of the young bucks, and this is on the rumor mills. Take it with a grain of salt. But a lot of the young bucks, um, friends that are friends with them, have been uh leaking out that they've been interested in uh possibly going to the E, going down to Connecticut. So. You might might be might want to get some new um some new vice presidents. You know, think about making some executive decisions. But I kind of feel like that's what needs to be done because as long as the inmates are continuing to run the asylum, things like this are going to happen. It can it can ultimately end with AEW facing the same fate as WCW and fizzling out. Later on down the road. And I don't want that. Like, AEW is a good alternative to the WWE structure. Um, WWE has stepped it up the past few months, but AEW is still a good alternative and it kind of puts that indie style, that, the new wave of wrestling to the forefront to where it can be appreciated by more people, but I kind of feel like you know, the inmates don't need to run the asylum. They need some actual executives in, in, in the, on that board. Um, so, yeah, that covers that. You know, we have to return to Braun Strowman. He showed up on SmackDown, did what he did best. That was a great thing. Uh, control Your Narrative was kind of weird. I kind of felt like the whole Control Your Narrative situation, it just wasn't executed properly. Um, the rules were too convoluted. I kind of feel like he should have just stayed with the having the standard rules of wrestling, but if you want to make certain maneuvers illegal, that was great. 
everything else following that was just like, so is it wrestling? Is it fighting? Like, what are you trying to do? Yeah, the super, super kicks being illegal and the, the suicide dives and all that stuff being illegal was great. There was a lot of room there to, to you can do angles and stuff with that. But the whole unsanctioned matches and fights and, you know, how we write these storylines, yeah, it was, it was, it, it was pretty much over before it started at that point. No one was really checking for control of your narrative. Like they had a lot of guys who like outside of Ron Strowman and, you know, maybe a couple guys who were there, they really didn't really have a direction that they were going in. So we kind of saw the, 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 the horizon before it happened. Brian Stoneman coming back is great. He looks amazing. Um, he's been in the gym, clearly. I love, I love the new look. Even though him and Mandy Rose kind of, kind of going after my boy Hammerstone from NLW with the, with, with the pants and the glasses, but I like the look. Brian's a monster. That's what he is. And they kind of need that right now. Maybe he can be a threat to Roman. They can redo that storyline and do it right this time. You know, right this time. But, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So. A lot of good things, a lot of good things. But yeah, that locker room in AEW needs to be cleaned up. It's been going way too, way too long with them versus CM Punk. The ground rules need to be set. Or just release CM Punk from the company. Because I mean, it's gotten so bad. You got people asking for the release. Speaking of releases, Malachi Black asked for his release and was granted it. I, I kind of, it's no connection. The CM Punk situation at all. No connection at all. It's just a situation where the whole House of Black storyline kind of fell by the wayside and they weren't really doing anything with it anymore. Um, so Malachi Black, Alistair Black, Tommy End or some. That's for his release. And I respect it. You can't help but respect it. What does this mean for the rest of the members of the House of Black? Well, Brody King will probably get re- repackaged. He's another great guy. Um, I could see Buddy Matthews possibly coming back to the WWE, given the relationship with him and Rhea Ripley right now. So we'll we'll see some shakeups, some things coming around. And it's, it's like wrestling across the board right now, despite the all-out incident. It's cool to be a wrestling fan. We've been saying that for months. It's even cooler to be a wrestling fan now. So we'll see what happens moving forward with that whole situation. Um, let's get into some gaming news. Segue into some stuff. If you have, if you've missed it this week, they had uh, a new edition of Project Red Cyberpunk 2077. Sorry, if I get my English straight, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077 had a new a new episode of the Night City Wire. This is the first episode in months. And there's some good news and there's some bad news that I feel like shouldn't be bad news considering that if you're not next-gen by now, depending on your region, you should be next-gen already. Even if you got to go as far as, I know you can't get the Series X. I'm one of the lucky few who was able to get one. Thanks, babe. Um, <laughs> I was one of the lucky few who was able to get one. But the Xbox Series S is going for the same price as the Nintendo Switch right now. I know it's digital only. I know them memory cards are expensive as hell. Trust me. I need one. I feel your pain. 
But if you're not next gen right now, I don't really see an excuse as to why you shouldn't be. That being said, patch 1.6, which adds a bunch of stuff to Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk 2077 has been not a complete turnaround, but a good enough turnaround where you should be able to enjoy it. Um, there are still a few bugs here and there. They're not working out all of the kinks, but they worked out. It's a stable game. The story is great. I beat it once. I'm playing through another story, uh, another thing right now. They've added new weapons. They've added, uh, some new gigs and side quests and stuff. They've added enough to keep you immersed in this game for hours at a time. It is an amazing game. Probably get it out the bargain bin right now, but it's probably be the best bargain purchase you've purchased. That being said, patch 1.6 will be the final patch for last year. Um, let me pull up these patch notes so I can show you what I prepared. Let me get y'all together. Edge Runners update. All right. Three new gigs available in this update. So it's called the Edge Runners update for those who are not aware. There's an um, Cyberpunk 2077 anime coming out called Edge Runners. I need parts of. I will be watching a review in that. I, I will be watching a review in that by hooking my crook. I need to start getting some reviews up. I was saying I'm going to do reviews for a while. I might have my baby do it with me. Yeah, she was talking about doing some YouTube stuff with me, so yeah, we're definitely going to get that out there. Uh, <laughs> so, the Cyberpunk 2077 Edge Runners anime is coming to Netflix. I don't have an exact date yet, but I will get that date. Like, if you don't follow my social medias, edit it, I'll put it up in the corner, one of these corners, but don't follow my social medias, you're missing out on some updates and stuff. Stuff that I can never get a video for. I'm going to make my quest to be more active on Twitter and, you know, Facebook stuff. So there's some more, there's some more stuff coming. But, uh, Edge Runners is a new anime from CD Project Red that coincides with Cyberpunk 2077. Because of that, they're adding, they're adding weapons and items from the game, from the anime to the game, and the anime is going to tell you where to find them. I think that's a great caveat. I think that's a great caveat's probably a terrible, terrible word. I think that's great. I think more games should do that where if you're going to release an animated series based on another form of media, there should be Easter eggs like that for the fans, you know? If I'm playing Cup, if I'm watching Cuphead the series and I'm playing Cuphead the game, there's a new weapon type that I don't know about. But the anime has it, and then they pass it into the game. I think that's a great form of interaction with your audience. I think that shows that you understand your audience, and it shows that CD Projekt Red has great has invested themselves into this franchise. Because if you don't know, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven started off as a tabletop game, just like your Dungeons and Dragons and all that stuff. And there's a whole lore behind it. There's all these stories behind it. There's all these things behind it that the game can, can that greatly benefit from. 
from the the slang that they use in game and the different things that they use in game that he just enhanced this game or its sequel. We'll get to that in a second. To just immerse and create a franchise that can be just strong. Just as strong as anything. Patch 1.6. Let's get to these numbers. Okay, it brings in, it says, brings in various gameplay and bug fixes, free DLCs, as well as content inspired by the Cyberpunk 2077 Edge Runners. My coffee. Additional content. So they added the wardrobe. Um, the wardrobe, what that does is there's this thing in the game where different Arm, different clothing has different armor ratings and stuff like that, different buffs and nerves and all of that stuff. So, when it comes to certain armor pieces, your character doesn't really look like your character, like you want your character to look. So they added the wardrobe function, which is like a transmog function where you can set up different outfits for your character in the wardrobe, and then regardless of what you wear, that's how your character looks. Which is great! I love that. You know, I love that. You can go back and change it anytime. It's in V's apartment. There's some extra goodies there. You know, some clothes and stuff there. Some bits. You know, some extra goodies there. By the word of But it's a great idea. Great idea. Um, Transmog is huge in other RPGs. Diablo 3 being one of them. Transmog is one of the greatest things ever. You can transmog them armors and make your character really look cosmetically how you would want them to look. They added three new, three new gigs. Three new gigs or side quests in Cyberpunk. Um, one called the Concrete Cage. Concrete, concrete Cage Trap. Okay. <laughs> concrete, uh, Concrete Cage Trap. It's a SOS, Mercury. It's a, um, SOS gig. Uh, I'm not gonna ruin these for you. Just know that the fixture is Regina. I'm not gonna ruin this for you. Let's figure it out for yourself. Other one is Desperate Measures. It's a Hebrew gig site. You can get that from L. Captain. Alright, that's a picture. And Nasty Hangover. Search and Recover Mission. You get that from Rogue. Alright, I'm not gonna tell you what these characters are. I can ruin this for you. Give the game a shot. Trust me. You'll like it. You'll like it. We're getting, uh, New firearms. We're getting six new firearms. These locations are set. You have to watch the Edge Runners anime to find them. There's a lot of legendary weapons in this game. Um, like I said, this game is open world. It, the story is great. The combat is great. Um, whether it be melee or shooting. You know, it's a great game. It's an RP. It's a it's an action RPG, but it's first person. So, you know, you get with it. So the six new feet, the six new firearms are the Kappa Smart Pistol, the Senko LX is a tech uh, submachine gun, the Hypercritical Iconic Precision Rifles. Um, I'm not gonna tell you where to get that at because it's a spoiler. The VST 37 Power Shotgun. The MA-70 HP Power Light Machine Gun and the Kyubi Power Assault Rifle. Those are your weapons. I'm going to tell you where to get them. But I want to explain them. Um, the five new melee weapons. You get the Neurotoxin Knife. An iconic variant. 
blue thing. Toxic knife. You ever played Deus Ex? Human Revolution? You're a knife with poison. Great, 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 great weapon in that game too. Man. Um, you get in the punk knife. It's an iconic variant of the hunter, the headhunter claw, of the headhunter. You get the uh, the claws axe, the razor machete, and the automatic chainsaw. So yeah, yeah, there, 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 those are six new weapons on top of the billions of other weapons that they have in the game that are legendary. Trust me, there's a lot of good weapons in this game. Um, cross cross progression is finally coming. So if you're on the game on PC and PS5 or Xbox, wherever you own the game. Log into your um your account, and your progress will follow you. So if you want to tra- transition to the next gen version of the game, you can take the data with you. If you want to transition to the PC version of the game, you can take the data with you because they are coming with mod support. You know, people are already making mods for the game. They're coming with actual mod support. They're releasing the mod tools for the game. So if you want to transition to PC, the PC, so you can get into those mods. You know, transition to those mods and stuff. Definitely, we will definitely, but definitely, uh, you'll be able to do that. Cyberpunk Edge Runner content, I already explained that. So, the Edge Runner content, some of the clothing that they wear, some of the weapons that they wear, you'll be able to find those in the game. And if you watch the anime, you'll get great hints on where those items are located. You're getting a new arcade game that you can play inside, inside the game called uh, Road Trace. Well, basically, you're controlling the horse ropes from um from The Witcher, you know, CD Projekt Red, other RPGs, which is getting a next gen. They're getting is getting a next gen update, part delivery update. If you're on Xbox, um, I'm not completely sure, but I'm I'm assuming they're going to give you smart delivery, which means your up your next gen update of the game will be free. If you're on PlayStation, I know they charge off for that, which is fucked up, but hey, it is what it is. Um, that's coming soon as well. Nibbles, the cat nibbles your cat from your apartment. People fall in love. You know people love cats. People love cats. But, uh, your cat nibbles. Nibbles will be, you'll be able to take pictures around the city and add nibbles, nibbles to the picture. I know that matters to some people. That's awesome. So, gameplay improvement. They've inverted the camera axis that would allow to apply to apply the photo mode, increase camera rotation angles in photo mode, add in an option to modify V's face and body and reproduction. So you can alter his face and his body. So if you're tired of playing, you know, as a, a male male protagonist, you can play as female protagonist or something in between. Whatever suits you fancy. Right? You know, you can pick your genitalia in this game if you made a big change. You pick the Gentile in this game, okay? Okay? Whatever you want to be, be who you want to be. I will not judge. Shout out to my alphabet community. Um. Okay. Uh, V won't continuously fidget in character creation mode anymore. So, you know, when he would cover his face up and wipe his face and stuff, like, kind of like I'm doing in the camera if you're watching this on the video version. You won't do that anymore when you're trying to edit your character to start the game. I know that was getting a lot of people nervous because, like, oh, I like this eyes, or I can't look at these eyes. Okay. 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 Kind of like I'm doing now. Yeah. They got rid of it. Um, it's an issue where it wasn't possible to pick up loot from drones. That was a big caveat. It's an issue where it was impossible to pick up and look 
if it was completely or partially deconstructed by spoilers, collusion. I don't know. I don't think I don't Fixed NPC reaction when bumping into them. Yeah. So if you want to immerse me in the game and I bump somebody in their shoulder, yeah, let me bump somebody in their shoulder. Uh, <laughs> kind of like GTA. If you bump somebody in the shoulder in GTA, they're about ready to fight you. You keep walking. So that, that was a good thing. Uh, fix an issue where NPCs are idling or crouching instead of using a design hands up animation. I saw that before. That was, that was kind of. Um, NPCs were staggered or knocked down while shooting. They will now continue to shoot aimlessly. Oh, okay. So they don't shoot like, you know, the hood movies when the dude be running and he be shooting. They don't do that. Like, he don't hit nothing, but he just, stay away from me. Yeah, they gonna do that. Uh, <laughs> Uh-huh. It adjusted some vehicles to the new burnout mode, introducing patch 1.5, polishing two, many others. So, the drivers, you know, when they peel off and you hit that gas too hard, they don't do that now. Adding the new all-wheel drive performance variant of the Thornton Kobe called the CS, or CST Sport. So, a new off-road vehicle. Fix the issue where vehicles went in reverse when braking at low speeds. Alright, fix an issue where Jacking out of an access point shortly before hacking the minigame starts and then completing the minigame left access points allowing it to make the game. Oh, people was farming that, yeah. Quickest way to get cash in the game I felt I found is by hacking the terminal, so they fixed that exploit. Sucks, but hey, it is what it is. Um fixed an issue where the biome the biometer the biomonitor, my fault. I have a problem with English. The biomonitor did restore health in some circumstances. Alright. Fix the issue where players' HP went down incredibly fast under the effects of burn. If the NPC applied it, applied that effect, use um, Scandinavia's Dash. Okay. Lowered the selling price of Target. Analysis mod and change the amount of crafting components to require require crafting. Yeah, we got some weapons changes, which all right, weapons feel do feel better in the game. Added new perks. This is this is the real this is the real meaty part. Added new poison perks: corrosive poison, critical and critical antidote, ninjutsu skill tree. Replace hasted with inevitable neurotoxin perks, respectively. Um. Fixed an issue where the gun whisperer perk didn't work. Yeah. Rebalance the long shot perk. Now it grants bonus damage only up to a certain distance threshold. Fixed an issue where crafting the item using the ingredient quest tag. Not remove the ingredient from the inventory. Okay. You know, they added some new crap, some new quests, open world stuff, new gigs. Added some stuff to the UI, visual, audio, PC specific, console specific. Okay, so the console specific, we got the Xbox Series S. They added the performance mode. That's pretty decent. Um, Phil Spencer and, and Microsoft have really gone out of their way to make the Xbox Series S more appealing. Are you going to get the native 4K, 60 stuff and all of that? No, you're not. But you're going to get the performance enhancements to make, to, to get you out of that 30 frames per second. Um, I've heard instances where people were able to get up to 120. I've heard instances where people were able to get up to 
between 60 and 90 on certain games. So they're really making the Xbox Series S more appealing. And like I said, yeah, it's digital only, but given the world we live in, we live in, I said leaving. Oh my gosh. Sorry, guys. I'm just as nervous as you guys. Uh, <laughs> I know. But living in a world that we live in where capitalism and scalpers have pretty much taken over the internet, um, you got to do what you can. You got to do what you got to do. So if you got to get an Xbox Series S for a while until the Series X becomes attainable, do that. Only reason I got it is because I got the X is because I wanted to put my One X on my living room TV, and I wanted to be able to, you know, put a backwards compatibility aspect of it. If most of your library is digital and you have an external hard drive anyway, it will work on your Series S just as it works on your Series S. Backwards compatibility isn't, you know, something that they left out of the Series S. If that's what you care about. It's just a lot of your, you know, your physical games. Wouldn't won't work on the Series S, obviously, because it doesn't have a disc drive. My advice to you: keep your Xbox One, but get a Series S for now, and then trade the Series S in to get the X when it's more commonly available. That's what you should do. Um, I'm obviously a content creator, so I have my consoles plugged up over here on my desk, and, I'm, and I just didn't feel the need. To have the One X still over here before I upgrade it. I waited. You know? Sometimes that's what you gotta do. But, uh, yeah, the, the patch 1.6 is the final patch on the last year version of Cyberpunk 2077. Now, if you do have the smart delivery version, as in you bought it digitally and you got the smart delivery version, um, upgrade, or if you have it physically and you got the smart delivery upgrade for that, then yes, the one point this this you can still get the DLC later down the road because you participated in a smart delivery. But if you bought this game physically and you only have it on Xbox One, you will not be getting any DLC moving forward. And it's the downside, but I kind of feel like like I said, you can get an Xbox Series S for three hundred bucks, same price as a Nintendo Switch. And they've been making strides to give you the best next-gen experience possible on the Series S. So you're getting a little bang for your buck anyway. And if, like I said, if you want to use that as a placeholder, or hey, maybe on down the road, you know, tax season coming up, you can go to Best Buy and they keep them behind the counter. You can ask behind the counter and say, hey, do I have any Xbox Series Xs available? And you can purchase a Series X and give your Series S to your kids. They're going to do I mean, you know, that's it's perfect for kids. No this, no messages, digital stuff. And hopefully Microsoft moves forward and bring in the Game Pass family family plan or group plan to the U.S. because they're accessing the other market. And we can move forward and, you know, we can. Microsoft has been very consumer-friendly. And that's just my opinion. Other people may, may differ on that. My personal opinion, Microsoft and Xbox have been very consistent. And Sony has not. No, I'm not a Sony hater. I actually thought about getting a PS5 until I saw how their business model was going for it, and I changed my mind. So, yeah. That's just that. Well, yeah, Cyberpunk, the 1.6 update is a definite go. Don't have the game. It's pretty cheap by now. Go and get it. You'll enjoy it. And, um, yeah, 1.6 is the last update to last year. Moving forward, we have 
more Microsoft and Sony drama over this Activision acquisition. I got that out. I stumbled. I don't care. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a no-brainer at this point. Sony is, like, feeling this. They're upset. I'm playing devil's advocate. And before I get into, actually, before I even get to my thoughts on it, I'm going to give you all that. So, as you all know, Microsoft is in the process of buying Activision Blizzard. Which is a good acquisition for them. Let's not, let's call it what it is. Sony has bought up all these studios. Microsoft has been buying up all the studios. Embracer Group is the next superpower because all the studios that they have under their belt, like, they even got, they even got Gearbox now. It's a Gearbox for 2K. Like, Embracer Group is doing big things. But Microsoft is into doing something big too. They want to acquire Activision Studios. They want to re, they want to rebuild that working relationship that they had with them back in the day. Which is great. Um, Sony, on the other hand, feels like they're getting the short end of the stick. So, the, the, well, I want to say the CEO or president of Sony, Sony America, or whatever, whoever he is, I'm just bringing you all the clip notes version. He says that Mark, the, the contract exclusivity for Call of Duty, they're arguing over Call of Duty at this point. All right. That's what we have. They're, they're really, it's not even about Microsoft buying Activision. They're really arguing over Call of Duty. You know, Sony doesn't want to lose that exclusivity. Um, they don't want to, they don't want to lose that access to Call of Duty, which I don't, I'm a Battlefield guy. I, I'm also a Call of Duty guy from time to time. So I kind of get it. You know, it's one of the biggest selling multiplayer games in any market. And they don't want to lose that. And they keep saying, well, after the contract is up, yeah, they, they're going to, they're, they're going to still give us Call of Duty, but for how long? I kind of feel like the issue, because Phil Spencer has made it very adamant that even if they acquire this studio, they're still going to do multiplayer games moving forward. Great. I kind of feel like what they're lying to the public about, and like I said, if you have to hear a little podcast from, Around the way, because we've been ahead of this shit inadvertently. It hasn't been our intention to like be ahead of this shit, but we three great minds, four great minds actually, with no business experience, pretty much have a good eye for business. So <laughs> I kind of feel like what Sony is getting away with this shit is nobody knows. How long this exclusivity contract passed? It could have been five years, it could have been ten years, but nobody really knows how long this exclusivity deal with Sony. And I, when I say exclusivity, as in I'm saying in like extra content, making it to the PlayStation platform first. Let's call that what it is. It's not, you know, one one console gets all of it. It's, we get first dibs on all future content moving forward Call of Duty. That's what the deal was because at that time, Sony was actually helping um, Activision with on the financial side of things and helping build this game because Activision hasn't been as, uh, itself lately. Even with Call of Duty Vanguard, 
and Call of Duty uh, Cold War. Those were like their lowest sales numbers in a while. Because people are tired of the, the same shit. Let's just call it what it is. People are tired of the same stuff. Like, granted, we love Call of Duty, but I think around the Black Ops 4 is when they, like, really move towards monetization. You know, they really move towards microchannel. And people got tired of it. Um, when they released Modern Warfare Remastered, they wanted to resell you the same map packs that they sold on the 360 at premium price. Like, people got tired of that. Like, Modern Warfare was a hit, but Cold War kind of, the numbers kind of shifted. Um, World War II, the numbers kind of shifted. Like, uh, Infinite Warfare, that's, oh my god. <laughs> the most hated trailer on YouTube. Like, that, that, it's just they took a lot of liberties with the product, and you know Activision, you know they're like, hey, Microsoft want to buy us? Hell yeah! Sony is like, well, you know, what about the contract? You forget, hey, you made a deal with us, and Microsoft is like, we're going to honor that, but we're still going to buy Activision. And yeah, you can tell the public just parts of it, but how long was that deal? How long did that contract say that they had to be exclusive to Sony? Let's start there. So we can better clear this whole situation up. Because, yes, Microsoft is saying they're going to give them even past that exclusivity. That they were going to continue to make games, to send Call of Duty over to PlayStation, and they're going to support them years after the fact. And Microsoft, I mean, and Microsoft it had a good idea as to let's not crank these games out every year anymore because it's hurting the franchise. How about we release one game, we take two to three years to release another one. In the meantime, we have Warzone to sustain us, which they do. Because when Modern Warfare 2 comes out, Warzone 2.0 is launching, and the old Warzone is um, going to crash. They're going to shut it down. Why? Because it's better. It's going to be built with security in mind for the ground up. It's going to be a better experience. Because let's face it, the state of Warzone now is a clusterfuck. So yeah. Microsoft are taking, they're taking the next step and they're saying, hey, we're not going to release these games every year like we used to. We're going to release one, take a few years to develop another one so that we can give our audience a better premium experience. So you have to take that into account too. So we don't know how long this contract is, how long we have to this contract. We have Microsoft saying, hey, we're going to take time, actually take our time to develop this. And Sony is like, well, what the fuck about us? And we're just, and I'm just, and I'm like sitting here like, well, you need to sit the hell down because you're not telling the whole story. And I have a gut feeling about that. Like Sony's not telling the whole story. They're just out. It's it's like when you're talking to a kid about something you know that they did, and it's like, well, not me. You know, we didn't do this, but like, if Sony didn't do this, but what did you do? Like, what is your point? What is your part of this? Like, how long? Because how long ago did this happen? They're just not telling the whole story. And Microsoft is steady having to defend itself. Then Sony's lying about some shit. Which I'm not surprised because it's Sony. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. I mean, you have Bungie. You have Destiny. Which, believe it or not, Destiny is one of the biggest free-to-play games on a market besides Apex 
in one of them. Like, Destiny is a contender. I gave up playing it myself because I just, I have too many things in the back catalog. I have too much going on. And it's hard to keep up with so much lore. Like, Destiny has lore even. It's hard to keep up with everything, okay? I'm getting older, my brain don't work like it used to. But, like, Sony's completely, like, shooting them in the foot and saying, forget that we have them. Like, we still want Call of Duty on our platform. And they're going to get it. They just don't like the fact that it's going to be owned by their competitor, who's pretty much running circles around in this generation. You know, I'm not being a hater. I even have Sony fans. I even have Sony fans that are coming to me like, yo, buying this PS5 is like the worst idea I've ever had. And that's because this, this reading speeds, you know, memory, uh, memory as itself and memory read speeds and all of that stuff. You know, typical Sony stuff, slow updates, all of that. And, and you know, you can't, I think they're learning a harsh lesson where you can't go cheap with the hardware and expect to make your money back with the software. Whereas Microsoft is going the other route. They went all in on the hardware and they're going to make their money back on the software, but they made sure that they put out a quality product before they started focusing on the software. And Sony's failed to do that. Like they're moving the games as a service moving forward. They're doubling down on that and that's hurting them more than it's saving them. Yeah, they got the exclusives like Spider-Man. Yeah, they got the Wolverine game coming out. They got some exclusive single player games coming out that I would love to play. But they're so focused on their crap, on their cross-platform crap that they can make money off of it. They make more money off of it because single-player games, I keep telling people all this, single-player games are not dead. We just get so caught up in playing multiplayer games because they're fun. I'm not saying that single-player games aren't fun. But, you know, single-player games aren't dead. It's just, you know, when you're doing content creation or you're playing with your friends and you want to play that single-player games and you got as many friends as I do to be like, hey, let's do this round real quick. I'm playing this. Come on, bro. We never get to see each other because we work. Alright, fine, I'll play this wrong. That's what happens. But, like, single player games are dead. Sony has a great single player catalog, and they're gonna get more. It's just, multiplayer games, like, is big money right now. Bigger money than single player games. The single player games aren't there. They're up there. But multiplayer games are a great infinite cash generator for a lot of these companies, and Sony is scared that they're gonna lose one. But if they were smart from a business standpoint, okay, Microsoft is buying our Activision. We feel like we're not going to be able to compete. You own Destiny. You own Destiny. If you feel like you can't compete and you own one of the biggest free-to-play games in the market, then clearly you're telling Bungie that they don't need to be there. No one sat and thought about that. No one sat and thought about it. No one sat and talked about it. You're pretty much telling Bungie, go ahead over back to Microsoft. And putting them back on Halo in the state that Halo Infinite is in? Could you imagine Bungie coming in and redoing a multiplayer for Halo Infinite? I, I, I kind of feel like Sony needs to take a step back and just realize the studios that they're undermining. And how it affects them in the long run instead of just thinking about right now. There's a lot of companies out here that need to do that. Just like what Tiny Tina's wondering. Huge, huge disappointment. They, you're, they have to take a step back and say, okay, so how can we fix this? How can we move to Borderlands 4? Like, do we really want to make the same mistake moving forward? 
because as much crap as people get Borderlands 3, Borderlands 3 was amazing. Story was kind of lackluster, but all of the DLC and the after the at the, the in game content, like that game was great. Then we got Tiny Tina Wonderland. So. Same thing with Battlefield 2042. I can't say it enough. I used to shit on that game. It was the worst launch in Battlefield history. But they took a step back, they thought about it, and they realized that, you know, we need to make some real good changes and we need to, you know, get this. Get this in order so we can get our player base back. And guess what? They did it. Cyberpunk. They did it. Sony needs to stop. And just think about how they're affecting their business in the long run. Because at this rate, and this is the third time I'm saying it on this podcast, and I can't say it enough. At this rate, we're looking towards the Sega effect when it comes to Sony. We're going to have Sony Studios, and they're going to release a lot of software, and we're going to be in a PlayStationless era. We're going to be in a PlayStation this era. If they don't stop doing what they're doing, and just go with the program. Like, it, it just makes no sense. Not able to compete? Hell, I'm trying to get a PS3 right now. As a collector, because there were a lot of games on that PS3, and I was, I, I got them on a 360. 360 sitting right here. But there's a lot of games on PS3 that look better on PS3, just like I'm trying to get around a lot of original Xbox, because I have a PS2. There are a lot of games on the original Xbox that were cross-platform that just played better on the original Xbox. You got the PS5, Sony. I'm sorry. Your your specs aren't as good as Microsoft's specs. Let's just call it what it is. And then you're cutting corners for production. So yeah, you have the lesser product right now. Just accept it. Play ball with the rest of the developers because I remember when Microsoft came me off for cross-platform during the 360 era. I wasn't willing to play ball. I said, no, nah, we're good. So now that y'all are in the same position that a lot of these other companies are in right now, it's time for you to play ball, and now you're mad that nobody's playing ball. You did it to yourself. So just accept it and move forward, and you'll be able to get these titles in your system. I guarantee you at the way Phil Spencer is going, even though it will be a smart business move, I guarantee you. They're not going to make Call of Duty exclusive to the Xbox. It will be great. I mean, think about it. If you go, if you want to go to the bare bones of the matter, Xbox was always the first person shooter console. PlayStation was always the JRPG console. Y'all not sharing Final Fantasy Remastered with us. So he has every right to be like, Hey, we're not giving y'all Call of Duty anymore. He has every right to do that. We have, we're, we still have it. Cause I remember when y'all said Final Fantasy 7 Remastered. Was going to have limited time exclusivity and it was going to come to Xbox. Came out of y'all mouth, not anybody else's, y'all mouth. And Square Enix. And it's yet to happen. So, you just reap what you saw at this point. You need to play ball and get a good relationship with your competition because at the end of the day, all of these other companies are doing it. Everybody's playing ball, everybody's creating great relationships between developers and manufacturers. Everybody's playing ball but you. And now since nobody want to pass you the ball, you want to get mad. That's on you. That's on you. So get out and lay down at this point. Yeah, one of my favorite movies, by the way, is Hate Crafting. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Get out and lay down, son. That, that's the position you're in. This has been your boy Zayda Mind TV. This has been an After Friday podcast. Peace.